you know, until someone s sometimes has the courage to come up to us and say, hey, that thing you did or just like seeing the way that you you do these things like inspired me. It changed the way that I want to do things. It's, you know, like it's that's one of the most incredible things you can hear from somebody, mm -hmm. you know, and but more often than not, people don't have the courage to come up and say something yeah because in their mind they've built you up and they're just like oh my god this person's like this brilliant you know like <laughs> intelligent sophisticated who am i to talk to them and really they have no idea that you're just a person yeah it's just like i don't know we just tried to do this and we just tried to do it the best we could this is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Oh, yeah. It's a new year. <laughs> It's a new year. A new year. And uh, we thought with a new year, it would be good to talk about new things. As yes. in... Yes, <laughs> as in starting on new things. And, oh, as, any, and as any person who is uh, doing things creative and is an artist, I mean, artists and creatives, we're not necessarily doing anything that you know, ordinary people don't do. We start new things all the time. We do new things all the time, have new experiences. And uh, there's always something that uh, that is required of us to do that. And so we, <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we're talking about like getting started, finding where, how, what did we call this one again? Finding your starting point. Finding your starting point. There we go. Yeah. Finding your starting point, which is, you know, there's a, this is a little bit of a riddle to this one in some ways, because there's, there's kind of a funny nature to that whole idea of finding your starting point. Um, but there's, it's a very important thing to engage with nonetheless, because starting on anything new has lots of challenges, brings up a lot of fears and what have yeah. you. So uh, finding your starting point can be a really crucial thing to do, you know, and is something that I think that we'll discover is something that you can really play with, mm -hmm. you know, can be a really enjoyable process as opposed to like a daunting one. So let's get into it, man. Yeah, let's get into let's it. Let's do this. I guess, you know, so much of it is about feeling ready. I think that's probably a big thing that's going on for a lot of people is like, well, you know, what do I have to do to get myself ready to do this thing that I want to do and, and so on. And I think that one of the things that I'd mention off the beginning is your starting point might be getting yourself to the point of whatever you think ready is. So yeah. your starting point is now like it's at the end of the day, all things are now. All things are happening right now in this moment. So the riddle in some ways is that you're beginning now, but I don't think it's as simple as just saying, okay, you're starting now, now is it, and send everyone on their way because 
it doesn't really work like that for us. Like we don't really experience it that way, even though you have to begin where you are. Like yeah. there is no other place <laughs> to, to, to begin, begin with. Yeah. Like, so, so I think a big part of this is about making peace with where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I can relate as much as anybody to the idea that you're trying to get yourself ready. You're trying to prepare yourself or set yourself up to start. And I think that there's this idea that if you say you were running a race, that the race doesn't begin until you actually start doing this thing. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, the moment you decide, the moment you have the thought that you want to do something, that is the moment it starts, mm-hmm. whether you acknowledge that or not. Yeah. So if you decided at some point in your life that you wanted to do something, the moment that you made that decision, the moment that you had that thought, it began. Yeah. And you might realize, well, I've been running the race or I've been on this journey actually for a lot longer than I've been realizing. Yeah. You know, you might be very, very far from the starting point. You actually might be a long ways down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's that in some ways it's like that inception point to that, you know, where the sort of the rubber hits the road, I guess, would be the the expression for this one. And the thing is, like, sometimes I think the, the one of the biggest burdens is. How do you get to that that starting point sooner? you know, where you actually, you're taking action on something, you know, forget that, you know, there's that, like you said, that whole point of, well, you began by just the thought mm-hmm. of doing something, you know, that was where it be, where it all started from. And it's really, how do you get from that starting point to the next starting point? Which is the action starting Yeah, which point. is the action starting point. And how do we shorten that span of time? Because, you know, I think that lots of artists can relate to, again, anyone can relate to, you know, projects or or concepts, whatever it is that in the moment, you know, if, especially if you got, get hit by that wave of inspiration yeah. and you're just like, oh, my God, yeah. Like, and you're, you have this energy and this excitement and then it kind of fizzles, fizzles out. And then the actual time when you when you actually sit down you and you start writing the words on the page or you start painting or you start whatever the fuck it is. Sometimes it's like, oh shit, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And because it's like, it's that action sp- space that becomes, can become really daunting mm-hmm. and intimidating. And it's like, because the idea, the inception point is so full of energy and excitement and possibility and, and, kind of the the best of what it could be you know like that inception spot is always like it's it's always at its best in some ways it's like you're imagining it in its most positive light and how amazing this thing is or could be yeah but now you've got to actually try and do it yeah and that's like oh shit how how do i make this thing translate right and that's really the the challenge of the artist, really. It's like, how do I take that thing that's inside me and, and express it right. in something tangible? Yeah. You know, and that's that's really the ultimate question. Yeah. That never really ends throughout the whole process. It's like it's continually. It's like, how do I how do I bring this to life? How do I bring this to life? How do I bring this to life? And we do it to the best of our ability. Yeah. Right. So, but it's how do we get how do we get to that action point maybe sooner or without so much fear surrounding it? 
I guess, is maybe what, what we're looking at here. I also think there's an element of like, what counts? Like, where do you decide that it actually counts? Like, when did you decide or where do you decide that you're actually taking action towards something? Because a lot of scripts that I've written and I've written, I think I'm over 30 now. I, I'm 30 something. I don't know how many, but like a lot of scripts that I wrote in my mind, in my experience and in my process didn't begin the first day I started writing the script. They began the first day that I started walking down the street and talking out some lines and ideas that would happen. Like it began on, if you want to talk about it this way, on the walk to the cafe or the walk to the office. I was already writing it in my head and mm -hmm. my heart before I actually put anything on the page. But in my process, I count that because I think it's important. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, they don't count that. You know, there's a, I'm thinking about starting a novel or I'm thinking about starting a script. I hear this all the time. And, and then they're like, well, and, and I could do this and I could do that and I could, and it's like, you've already like actually told me a lot of how you're going to write it. Like you've mm -hmm. actually already been writing it. You just haven't put it down on page. Like what's going to happen is when you start putting this down on the page, you're going to experience that rubber uh, hit meets the road kind of thing, right? That rubber hits the road yeah. element where you're going to start to see that things that you thought work don't work the same way as you thought they would in your head. Yeah. That's what you start to realize. But it doesn't mean that you haven't actually begun. And so when we're talking about this, I think there's the action of actually doing the thing. But there's the action of giving yourself the credit that you've actually begun the process. Yeah, definitely. And also... And that that's an important part of the process yeah, too. Right. Yeah. And, you know, what is... When, when you're really in, involved in a project and you're really like wrapped up in it, you don't really have days off. You're always kind of working on it. Mm -hmm. Even though you're yeah. not always like writing something down or doing something your mind is always on it and you're always kind of working something out. So does that not count, you know? And that's yeah. where the, I think that's where the creative artistic realm comes into this because... And a lot of playfulness. Yeah, is, you know, when you're working stuff out in your head and your heart, are you counting that as actual, like, traction, as actual mm -hmm. things that are moving this thing forward? Because I've tried to write scripts without having all of that, and they end up a lot more empty and a lot more vacant. Yeah. Um, at least the initial drafts do. That the, that period of like walking down the street and thinking about it or sitting in a hot tub or you're having a shower or you're doing stuff like this, you're cooking breakfast and you're coming up with these ideas, that's actually a lot of what fleshes out your story. Yeah. That's a lot of what gives it that body. You know, and I've, like I've been writing stuff in my head and I'll get into emotional state. Like I'll be like in tears or super angry and I'm like working the scene out and then I'll just stop and I'll be like, okay, yeah, I think I know what I'm going to do. You know right. what I mean? But like I went through this whole little weird experience yeah. just kind of imagining it. But I think that's where, that's where like kind of this way of the artist talk gives people permission, you know, like things in a way that aren't necessarily moving like one brick to build the wall. You know what I mean? Like if you had to build a wall, every brick you put on the wall builds the wall. And I think that's kind of the standard way in which we look at work. Work is kind of like you 
you put in time, but like really work is you put in something, it builds something and you keep adding pieces and you build it. But part of the artistic process is not necessarily about the bricks are more metaphorical. You know, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're in the creative realm, you know, writing a word on a page is not necessarily more valuable than you having a conversation in, in the shower with yourself about what the characters said in the story. But in like in work terms, in normal, like regular work terms, you know, your time in the shower isn't included in your work. But in artistry, your time in the shower is included in your work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they can yeah. be there. There's there, your dream can be included in your work. Like I've literally had dreams and I've woken up and been like, hey, that's going to be that. We're writing that down. That's a great story. Yeah. So was I working all night dreaming like like but we don't consider it that way. And mm-hmm. if you if like people wouldn't go, oh, yeah, you work so hard while you were sleeping. It's like. Well, listen, if that's a million dollar movie and I dreamt it up and I went to sleep for eight hours, you know, that was a great eight hours of work because it turned out to be a hit movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think one of the things that I want to kind of approach here is that your concepts of what you think is actual work, I want to challenge that idea, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think in the creative realm, that's, that's part of what creativity and artistry offers well there there has to be because we live so much in a society that just uh, and we talked about this recently but you know we we value and admire just like non-stop go 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 hustle 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 but you know we're also in a culture that's just like riddled with you know like farm like pharmaceutical addictions and you know unhappiness and depression and all of this stuff you know like we don't we, we've lost sight of the value of taking time. We're starting to get back there, you know, realize the importance of this, but the importance of taking time to, to sit and ruminate and do nothing and even do things that have no purpose to them, mm-hmm. you know, other than just for the sake of doing something, yeah. you know, even we, everything we've built up so much is like the way that we go about things is it always has to have some reason for why we're doing it. And that's not necessarily what you're saying here, but this is like on the opposite end of the spectrum of it. What we're saying is that there are so many elements in this whole, in the creative process that, that are not as necessarily so tangible, but they are incredibly important. Like one of like my acting teachers, he told us just as, as part of a process, he was just like, I want you it's like to read the scene because he gave us all scenes, you know, like say, all right, and that we were going to be performing at some point. And he said, I want you all to just take your scenes home and go into your bedroom or a quiet place where you won't be disturbed. And I want you to read it silently three times through before you even open your mouth to say anything, mm-hmm. before you start writing anything down for and that his whole idea is like just so that this stuff starts to to stew and brew inside of you because he's like sometimes that impulse just like start something right away right like you his thing was like you're going to start making decisions on something before you even really know 
what you like anything about it. You know, he's like, you're going to start jumping into cliches, Mm -hmm. you know, of how you think that this would be performed as opposed to letting letting that material, letting those words, letting how that scene unfolded do something to you. Mm. Let it actually just have an internal effect and you just haven't like get. And it was a brilliant little process and one that I ended up continuing on with where it's. Now it's like, yeah, I'll go through any scene or any play script three times before I even even do anything with it. Go through it three times. And every single time there's something that you go, oh, I didn't catch that before. Or there's an entirely different feel or, or something has changed with it from the first reading. Yeah. Right. This is kind of what we're we're talking about. Like that's in many ways, what he was giving us was a potential starting point. You know, like it was just like, here's a starting point. Start with just reading this thing through three times, right? Before you do anything, that's a starting point. And maybe that works for some people, maybe it doesn't, because I don't want to say that this is like stuff like that as a rule. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people out there who become very successful and <laughs> make a lot of money in selling, you know, three, four, five step programs, right? On how to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. Mm -hmm. But I mean, as we've discovered, especially when it comes to this business of creativity (laughs) and this whole landscape of life and living, which is changing constantly. Yeah. You know, life is change. And we're not the first ones to say that by a long shot. But things that those... Those three steps break down when it comes to these kinds of matters, when it comes to this kind of of working material, Mm -hmm. because they can't they can't address all of the changes that are are going on. These are really just potential potential ideas that may or may not work. So like we're trying to encourage you is that there's you need to find where you start what your starting point is. We can't tell you necessarily what exactly that is. We can address some of the problems. We can we can provide some potential areas that you can go, but ultimately it comes down to you. Mm-hmm. And you paying attention to how you work. How how do you flourish the best? Yeah. You know, like and and sometimes that means having your own process. Like I know that I have a process before like I was just saying reading something through three times that's become part of my process but i have other things that are these little starting points for me along the way it's like no i like to do this work first and nobody told me to do that work first i just discovered that i'm like no this is what i find helps me the most once i start to get into into this and once i start to understand this then i have a place where i can start to now move around and and play with yeah but that's going to look different for everybody. So maybe for some, even with what we were saying, you take time to taking time to ruminate and, you know, mull things over for a while. I have no doubt that some people do their best work by just jumping in. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get this up on my feet. Yeah. And I'm just going to start moving. I'm going to start speaking, but I'm not attached to anything that's happening. I'm just, I'm just playing with it. Yeah. Right. 
And and that's where your starting point is and that's where you excel the most from. Right. So this could this is going to be different from person to person to person to person. Where do you start? Mm-hmm. That's the question here. Yeah, the the you don't have to also you don't have to know everything. Like you don't have to know how it all works. Um when I started my business, I didn't know how I didn't really know how it all works. I just had made a lot of movies and I wanted to show people how to make movies and a, a bunch of people kind of came to me and they were like, "Brandon, can you teach us how to make a movie?" And so I put together a 13-week program. That was random. 13 <laughs> weeks, but I was just like, "Okay, like roughly I need about that amount of time to kind of get people through this process." So I just chose 13 weeks. It just seemed right, I don't know. Yeah. And I put together kind of like, this is what we're going to do on these weeks. And this is about how long I figured they need to get through this stage of the process. Because I was basically, that was my first course I ever created. It was creation of completion, uh, movie making, um, creation of completion. You know, how, how do you take somebody from like a concept all the way to editing and distributing their movie on a short scale, right? Mm-hmm. And so I created that. Um, not knowing what I was doing, basically just based on my experience of having done it before. So I think there's a certain part of you that, you know, you already have a certain amount of stuff that you know, right? That is already yours that you've done in life. And you can share that, you can package that, you can put that together. You know, there is a screenwriting process. There's a way to properly write a screenplay or there's a way to properly write a novel for whatever but (laughs) quote unquote yeah quote unquote but just because there is a way to do it doesn't mean that that is the way it just means that it's a way that works and if you don't know it and you're kind of like okay i need to figure that out like i need to know everything about that before i start Mm -hmm. maybe not maybe what you need to do is just start writing and then you'll start figuring that out and maybe you'll find you'll go off and you'll make mistakes but then as you're writing it you can go and learn some stuff i think the mistake is trying to learn it first and then do it so Mm -hmm. for my journey building like building courses and stuff like that which i've built several now um, i started studying with a a few coaches one of them ted mcgrath who i think is an incredible coach i just think he's an incredible guy because he puts together uh his program is all about helping you put together like a real system. You know, it's, it's fantastic. But when you know how the whole system works, when you know like what he's done, it's overwhelming. It's like, holy shit. Like, like to get to that stage to do that, like it's just like, yeah. but one of the things that he helped me understand was that you want to start bigger and then make things smaller and more minute and detailed. Yeah. You don't want to try to make something small and then try and fill in the bigger part later. So what I mean by this is the, you know, without giving it all away, like one of the things that he does is like he gets you to take like your life story, something you already know, and incorporate your your like incorporate a blueprint, incorporate an idea around that. Because for me as a as a filmmaker, as a movie maker, it isn't really about making films. Like making films is like an element of it, but it's my story. It's the way in which I learned to make films. You know, that's kind of the real ticket. That's the proprietary thing that nobody else can do. And so he kind of taught me how to take something, a system that's very proprietary, that's very my own, and I could apply it to movie making or I could apply it to screenwriting or I could apply it to just about anything. And what happens is, 
people are working with me because I'm helping them understand a process that's a unique perspective on something. Mm -hmm. Because you could go anywhere. I mean, you could read any book and you could study at any filmmaking school and there's lots of different people that will teach you how to do this stuff. But that doesn't necessarily teach you the art. And I think one of the things that you know, you're going to find your artistry in is you're going to find it in your own personal story. And it helps to have a coach or a mentor who helps you see their story so that you can reflect your own. Because the way that I became a filmmaker and the way that I learned to make films isn't necessarily how I teach people to make films. But the way I figured out how to make films was my own. So what I'm teaching people is the way you make films And so there's parallels, but they're different. You know what I mean? So like what I'm saying is that you ultimately have to get started to find your process because there are best practices, but, but, you know, so much of like what I find coaching really is, you know, and I'm just on this topic is really just about helping that person feel open enough to share their story to use their own life story to find their way in Mm -hmm. but when you like read a blog that says the seven ways to build a business or seven ways to make a film or 14 step or 98 step program whatever they do if you cannot personalize that none of that shit matters yeah because where you begin has to be personal it has to be yours. It just like that. That to me is the crux of this conversation. It has to be yours. Yeah. It's not like absolutely. It's not like oh, the first step you do is you you know you call this person or do this yeah. thing or write that thing down. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Like life and creativity, which I think are synonymous things with each other, is not colored by numbers. No. And it's to me, it's. I never used to see it this way because I used to think, oh, no, there's a way. There's a way. There's a way. Because there's so many people out there who are just like, there's a way. You know, just follow my, you know, whatever step program. And like a color by numbers approach. And that's just not the way that this shit works. That's not the way it goes down. And it was uh, Galileo who had said, we cannot teach people anything. We can only help them find it within themselves. That's what a, I think a really great teacher actually r- understands. Right. It's like, you know, there there might be steps in the process. Like even for myself, wh- what I teach actors, there is a step-by-step process. But this process, which is part of the reason why I fell in love with it when I was doing it myself um, and why I, I wanted to teach it is because it there's this process but it creates this space for students to have their experience within it essentially it's like it's like okay i'm going to give you directions i'm going to ask things of you to do but within that all kinds of shit's going to happen right and within that it's not me telling you what to do ultimately to be a better actor mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm just here to kind of go along the ride with you and observe and and tell you what I see. Mm-hmm. Right. And help to, for you to identify what's going on and for you to understand what's going on inside of you. Right. 
because ultimately the process is actually help, not really teaching actors, but helping actors to teach themselves. Right. To take them, for me, it's taking them to a place where it's just like, oh shit, I understand where I have to get to now to feel really good about my work. Right. I understand the space I need to occupy. And, that, and that's not me telling them technique. That's not me telling, that's them having an experience of themselves doing this work right which is the most important which is the most important thing because now it's like you don't you don't need me anymore right like you don't need me to tell you what to do you don't need anyone else to tell you either no because you've just you've just shown yourself where you have to go you have your own standard now by which your work has to get to and through that experience you know, that I've had for myself, now my own acting work is so much more flexible and dynamic than it used to be. I have, yes, processes that I go through, but there's so much more movement and wiggle to it than there used to be, Mm -hmm. which makes it a lot more fun. But because I have an understanding and I've experienced a place where I like to be, internally with my work I understand I I just simply do what I need to do to get to that place Mm -hmm. and that can change it's just like okay this thing that used to work we talked about this before it's like this thing that used to work for me isn't working for me this time around okay shit all right so I need to get to this place so now what the hell do I have to do right right and then something new enters I, I discover something else there's a and it and I learned something and it makes it such a, a more engaging process, you know, it, it that such a it demands a level of my attention. And but there's so much enjoyment that comes out of it as mm-hmm. opposed to just trying to solve something through it's like hammering away at a process that isn't working. Yeah. You know, because, you know, someone told me it worked or even because it worked for me once in the past. Right. Right. It's like, yeah, that's a starting point. But shit, it's not working this time. So throw it away. Yes. Right. Maybe it'll work the next time around <laughs> when you go for. All right. It's working this time. But if right now it's just not doing it. Yeah. Then drop it. Yeah. Find another way. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't always work like whatever you did before. doesn't always work. And things change. You change new information. You know, I always think of the. <laughs> the big Lebowski and like, you know, new things have come to light, man. <laughs> Shit has come to light. <laughs> you know, it's like, but it's true. I mean, yeah. like is as, as you evolve through your process, things will become visible that were not visible before, which will change everything. And part of being an artist, I think part of being a creative person is about being able to adapt to these new changes and being, willing to acknowledge and accept that things have changed or altered because just because you began a certain way before doesn't mean that you have to do that there's no there's no necess- necessary like l- loyalty you need to be to your creative process like mm-hmm. whatever's going to get you started today is what is going to get you started today but if you figure that out that doesn't mean that you have like the way to get started now yeah. you know just because that worked and you see this all the time you know you see actors trying to model like past performances of other actors or people trying to write scripts of scripts that have written of Mm -hmm. old you know and it's 
it just doesn't work because at that time it worked, but now it doesn't work. Yeah. And I think the only way you're going to do something that is truthful and authentic is for you to allow whatever it is that you're at right now to be the starting point. Mm -hmm. I started writing a novel about, I want to say like two years ago, maybe even longer. And I still mark down every day since I started it. And what happened was I couldn't sleep one night. And so, and I didn't want to journal and I didn't want to write anything and I didn't have any particular project that I felt like. So I wrote down this first chapter of a novel. That's what it turned out to be. And I had done this before, but this particular book, I don't know, for some reason it stood with me. And I wrote down this chapter about basically where where I was at. And it was like a guy who couldn't fall asleep. He was like, uh, he was up all night. And then this character, did, I didn't necessarily do what this character did, but then this character left his house and walked up to a bridge and stood on the edge of the bridge and then thought about jumping. And then he went through this whole thing about like, if I jump, like what is going to happen? And then he decided that the next day he was going to turn his whole life around. And it became this novel, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not even finished it yet, but <laughs> it's funny because you just don't know. But like every moment is a moment to begin. You know, every moment is a moment to start whatever. And you might start something and then you're going down the road with it. You know, maybe this novel never gets written. I've written about eight or nine chapters in it now. Maybe I never actually complete it. I don't know. But the thing is, is that sometimes you write something and you take it to a certain place and it gets you to another place. And maybe mm -hmm. you need to leave it and then start another thing. But, you know, my point is, is that things can start at the most random of times. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to this conversation and you have any inkling of like you want to start something, like start like now you've started like this, this conversation is it like you picked up this conversation. If you clicked on this conversation because of the title, then you started something. And I don't know what yeah. that is in your mind, but you've begun and, and give yourself that. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, great. Like already like imagine that you are, or consider that you are in motion with this thing now. Now you can leave it, you can get rid of it and you can abandon it and drop it, but you've already started and that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And like, I think like people kind of come to a conversation like this going, okay, I want to get the answer. I want to get like, what do I need to do? And it's like, you already did it. You just clicked on the, clicked on the title. You, you started, like that was it. Mm -hmm. like, give yourself a break. It wasn't that hard, but like you're probably thinking like, I gotta, I gotta write this thing or do this thing or whatever. And it's not yeah. that big a deal. You know, and the other thing is, I want to say this, like one thing I learned from Ted and I'm, you know, I'm only in the early stages really of building out my program and building out all this stuff the way that like he's taught me how to do it. But like you don't have to know and be able to do everything that the like the most masterful person can do. Like what Ted has done and what he can do and what what some of these other people can do, like I'm not even in the same ballpark as them right now. But it doesn't mean that I'm not offering value and I'm not doing yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like I still have an ongoing course right now. I still do um, particular courses to help people make movies and write scripts. Um, I still do it. And 
the, I think one of the biggest things that he's taught me how to do is how to take my work and make it expansive because, but, but it's complicated because once you start getting into the expansive elements of automated, like when you're, when you're teaching somebody, but you're not there teaching them, like you pre-recorded videos and they're clicking on uh, a, a laid out system that helps them go through a process. I mean, that's advanced shit. You got to think about that. Because if my model is, I don't believe in like the seven step program. Like I believe that you need to find your own way. When I'm teaching somebody, I have to learn enough about how people are going to interact with my content so that I can not, so I can still like be there for them in an automated way, but not be telling, like not just be like, okay, you do this and you do that, right? So maybe what your vision is like, and I'm just saying this, you know, maybe there's someone else who's out there like me. Maybe your vision is a little bit more like, it's a little bit like I want to teach people inductively. I want to teach people. But at the same time, you recognize, say like, you can't be there for everything. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that what what happens is things can get really complicated really quickly. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to know, like you don't have to be working at a level that is at the top tier yet when you begin all you really have to do is start getting some something moving start getting it done Mm -hmm. and start figuring out how to do that next step that's all it's really just building off of that fire yeah you know like that initial fire that's always your your touching point that's where you always refer to it's like what's building towards that what's building towards that are you sharing that Right. I think what you were saying, I I don't remember where I read it exactly, but it was something to the effect of the forest would be very quiet if only the most beautiful songbirds sang. You know, it's like it's this whole thing. It's when we can put it into a perspective of something out there in nature. Mm. You know, things seem very obvious sometimes. It's like, can you imagine? Like, if only some birds would would chirp would 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 sing their songs because they were self-conscious yeah about <laughs> yeah right. sounds right like it, it seems absurd it seems an absurd thing like to, to even say something like that it's like what but birds birds chirp mm-hmm. birds like, like that's what they they do and it's like yeah and human beings create things we fucking invent things yeah we do new shit yeah we have that capacity. That is what we do. Yeah. Each and every single one of us to whatever capacity that is, you know, and that's and this is a whole can of worms. But it's like I think so much of of what gets in the way is we have all of these judgments about what it has to be. You know, we compare it to what other people are doing. And it's like, well, I can't do this, like, unless I can do it at the level of this person. Who says that? Yeah. You know, there's, that's what's happening for them mm-hmm. in their lives. It's none of your concern. Yeah. That is absolutely none of your concern, what somebody else is doing. You can admire what someone else is doing. You can appreciate what someone else is doing. But to make that, turn that in on yourself to use that against yourself as a judgment and that prevents you from taking action and starting on that that thing that you have to give 
it it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, you know, the thing you have to say and share and communicate reaches millions of people or maybe it reaches a handful of people. It doesn't matter. No. You know, that shit does not matter. It's not the thing to be focused on. That's the thing that's going to that's going to hinder you. That's yeah. the thing that's going to that's going to in many ways tarnish and taint the thing that you have to create. Some of my favorite writers in history some of my favorite people in history, they didn't actually succeed until like their 50s. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many people who struggled and they went through all sorts of things and they went through so much doubt and so much stuff. And then there, there are a lot of the people that you remember and you think, oh, when you hear their name, you just think, oh yeah, that person was like always successful. And it's like, no, they weren't. Like some of these people who you, you know, you might hear about, you think, oh yeah, like, it was always good for them and it wasn't like there is people who worked regular Joe jobs and stuff until their fifties. And then finally, like something actually worked. And it wasn't like, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of writers, I, I, I you know, whatever, I'm not going to list off names. It doesn't matter, but it's like they wrote and none of their stuff landed with anyone. And then finally something actually like did. And, you know, there's, the thing I want to say about starting is like, we don't all start from the same place. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you, you know, you and I were talking, what kind of got us into this conversation. And one of the conversational points is you just mentioned about like privilege. And I feel like privilege <laughs> is such a bullshit thing. Like, it's like, you know, I look back and I go, fuck man, I would have loved, I would have loved to have support from my parents and encouragement and like, you know, um, my dad, you know, for example, like promised to buy me a camera if I moved in with them, you know, and he didn't, you know, but I, you know, had that gone the other way where he would have bought me a camera and like helped me go through film school and supported me and encouraged me. I mean, that would have been wonderful, but it didn't happen, you know, and it wasn't my story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I made my first film, I didn't even have a camera. I borrowed my friend's mom's camera at camp because that was all i could get my hands on you know um you want to talk about privilege man like you know you got people walking around it's like oh well this person has that camera and blah 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 you have a fucking iphone in your pocket you know what i mean like i didn't even have a camera i had to borrow it from my friend's mom work that out for yourself like i had to borrow her little digital shit camera and i didn't have an editing system either these phones have editing systems you know Privilege pisses me off so much how people talk about all the excuses of why they can't get started because like I wasn't born into the right family. I don't have enough money. Fuck all that. Get over it. You know what I mean? Like if you really want this, you'll begin. Mm -hmm. That's that's as simple as this is. And if you are not beginning, I'm going to tell you this. You don't really want it. You don't want it bad enough because I know what it's like to want it. Like I know what it's like to be like, if I don't begin, it's never going to fucking happen. Nobody is going to give this to me. Nobody is going to come along. There's no fairy that's going to come along and help me get this. So, and you know that, you know, for the people on the other side of the line, I think there's always a moment in every podcast where I get lit up. And yes. this is one of those. <laughs> but like, listen, if you fucking want it, go get it. Like, stop complaining stop making excuses you know 
A piece of paper, a pad of paper, if you're a writer, doesn't cost much. Get a pen, get a piece of paper, write some shit down. If you want to be a filmmaker, go grab your friend's iPhone. I don't care how you do it. You know, if all you can do it is for a few hours in an afternoon, you make your fucking film. That's how you do it. And that's your story. And that's what you live by. And those are the types of things when you realize what you can do with nothing, you realize like, man, if they gave me everything, like when I directed my last film, we used an Ari camera. Like this thing is fucking like, this is like what studios use. Yeah. So to go from being a guy that had to borrow his friend's mom's camera for a few hours each day at camp to make his first film, to be a guy that was hired using an Ari camera, like fucking Ari, like to do that, to use links, to working with like a 30 year veteran DOP, like if I didn't, if I didn't figure out a way to get that camera without an editing system without a plan without anything that wouldn't have got there now listen <laughs> i'm not the most successful filmmaker you know in a lot of ways my career is very minimal compared to what a lot of people have done but you know what i don't give a shit because i'm making films i'm doing what i love to do and yeah you know there are days where i think man like wouldn't it have been nice had i been able to go to film school or had my parents been supportive or had i you know had some encouragement or whatever but i didn't and the thing is is i am where i am but my life's not over and i'm continuing on and i'm carrying on so people can judge the shit out of that but i have my story and my journey and i'm just going to say this to everyone else you have your story and your journey and your journey might take you to get where you want a few weeks, a few months, a few years, or it might take you a few decades. And you know what? If you decide that two decades is too long for you, you don't want it bad enough. That's it. That's the bottom line. So just make your peace with that and move on. And don't complain about it. Because it's just, you know, you can sit around all day and talk about how people are privileged and they've been granted. But I can tell you one thing. There's a lot of people that have been privileged and granted all sorts of opportunity. And they're doing jack shit with it. So... You can, you know, and I'm swearing and I'm getting passionate, but I'll tell you, man, it, it, you know, when I hear privilege, I'm like, fuck off, man. Like, I'm not saying I had it the hardest, but it definitely wasn't easy, mm -hmm. you know? And the first camera that I used for the first film that I did, I had to go down to a store and they didn't have enough money. So I was going to, I was going to buy it and then return it. And I ended up keeping it. I didn't return it. But, but basically I bought like this crappy little digital camera and I used that for the next film that I did. Like you just, you just figure out a way, you know, when you want it bad enough, you'll just find a way. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's lots of things that I haven't finished or followed through with. And the bottom line is, is I don't want it bad enough yet, you know, and that, and that is, that's something we all have to face. But, you know, I just think it's a shame when people like you use that songbird analogy I just, you don't sing your song because you don't think it's good enough. You don't think your camera's good enough to make your film or you don't know enough about story to write some things down. Just do it because you'll get better and yeah. who knows, maybe you might put out something that's actually incredible and you just don't realize yeah. it. Give us what you got. Yeah. Give us what you got. <laughs> get, and some person's going to hate it. Oh man. Definitely. Definitely someone's going to hate someone's it. Someone's going to hate it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100% someone, multiple people are going to hate it. It's just the way it goes. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> that's just that's just stepping in the ring. That's 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 the price of, of creating and putting something out there. No one's immune to it. 
Martin Scorsese just put out a fucking movie. Yeah. He's taking shit for it. Yeah. You know, like it's like the the best, most prolific artists of of our time and and before then, <laughs> and before then, and before then, all of them had someone who's like, I think that they're overrated. Oh, yeah. You know, that I thought that was. There's always going to be that bullshit going on. Oh the, yeah, that you know you can't you can't you can't be worried about what other people think of it. You know, at the beginning when if we're talking about starting at the beginning, it's you and yourself with your art that's it you're the only audience member right now and if you think it's entertaining and if you think it's worth talking about then it is and that's enough yeah you don't need to impress anybody like most of the art you're going to make in the beginning is to impress yourself and you know what ironically there's going to be a bunch of people out there that are like you that are going to be like finally someone gave me a voice well, I mean, and then you end up like Kevin Smith, who like made an incredible career. Yeah, that you know? was just you know, that's exactly what I was thinking about yeah. was Kevin Smith. You know, when he did when he did Clerks. Yeah. You know, he was just like, I think he he thought that it was like going to be a big pile of shit, but he wanted to make a movie, and he just made a movie because there was something. I was like, you know what? No one's ever really shown like my my circle mm-hmm. i've never seen a movie that really captures and expresses you know my group of friends and and my clique and the things that we talk about and whatever and he made clerks and lots of people were offended by it lots of people hated it lots like you know critically and commercially but mostly critically people were like what is this like this awful grotesque nonsense you know like just the language that he used and the subject matter that they got into people were you know just thought it was it was beneath them Mm -hmm. but it connected with such a massive group of people and it's like yeah that's what it's like when me and my buddies get together we talk about (laughs) gross shit like that all the time yeah and that's just, you know, it shows people who, who just want to cast judgment on something, you know, and say it's less than, you know, who want to want to push something out as if it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. you know, as if this thing came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's like it didn't come out of nowhere. That came out of something real, mm-hmm. of a real pocket of society that wasn't represented. And suddenly it was being represented and, and we we're like, oh, my God, this, somebody's finally given me a voice. Yeah. Someone's actually shown what it's like to be me and said that this is okay. And they said it's okay because it's in a movie. I'm seeing it up on the screen and it's like I'm not alone in this. Like there's so much power that 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 comes out of a stupid little movie like Clerks because someone had passion and conviction to show something that they'd never seen before. Yeah. And it's great, you know, that you even like call it a, like a stupid little movie because that's that's how you might look at this stuff. You might think, oh, this is just a stupid little thing with me and my friends at a fucking corner store and like who gives a shit, you know. But it's if you were to tell somebody like, oh, yeah, it's about a group of young kids, you know, in this town in a corner store talking about Star Wars. It's like people like, yeah, what the, what the hell's the story? But then you see the story it doesn't really matter. That's the thing is like. Especially in the film industry, you know, so much is like concept, idea, you know, and I think that's an important element, you know, as far as like selling your idea and being able to communicate it. But 
one of the things that I always try to work on with people when we do concept is I'm okay, like here's how you kind of communicate a concept. This is the most fundamental, most straightforward, basic way to like tell what your story is. Yeah. But every occasionally, you know, and I always give this caveat, but sometimes your story is not going to be communicated this way and it's not going to work this way. And I and I kind of tell people at the beginning, a story is like a joke. It's a setup, a delivery, and a punchline. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll begin to notice when you look at people who are like comedians who are funny, some people are really good at delivery, but they don't really have punchlines. The punchlines are almost irrelevant. Yeah. Whereas some people are very good at the one, two, three, boom, punchline. They hit you and it's like funny, right? And I think of like someone like Dave Chappelle, for example. Dave Chappelle to me is a brilliant comedian, but like half the time I'm listening to him talk and I'm just like, his delivery is just so friggin' good that I'm just captivated by a lot of what he yeah. says, you know, because he released that two part on uh, Netflix, which was so great because one was like super kind of like bigger audience up on stage. And then the other one was like this kind of like, like, um, in this underground kind of LA cafe. And it was like a lot deeper and more mm-hmm. you know, intimate. And, I looked at the two of them and I'm like, these are so different. Same guy, so different. But the delivery is so like authentic and true that you're kind of like, regardless of his punchlines, regardless of his jokes and his setups and his deliveries and all that, so much of this is just how he's doing it. You know what I mean? And so what I would say is like, when you begin have a little faith in yourself that maybe the way you deliver might just be enough in an in an, in and of itself mm-hmm. you know and i mean who knows man like you just don't know and no you don't you don't know the effects of of we we so often don't know the effects that we have on the people around us and the work that we do you know until someone s- sometimes has the courage to come up to us and say Hey, that thing you did or just like seeing the way that you you do these things like inspired me. It changed the way that I want to do things. It's, you know, like it's that's one of the most incredible things you can hear from somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, and but more often than not people don't have the courage to come up and say something. Yeah. Because in their mind they've built you up and they're just like, "Oh my god, this person's like this brilliant, you know, like <laughs> intelligent sophisticated, who am I to talk to them?" And really they have no idea that you're just a person. Yeah. It's just like, "I don't know, we just tried to do this and we just tried to do it the best we could." Mhm. That's <laughs> I mean, that's really all you can do. That's really all you can do. We talked about this on I think it was the previous podcast episode or whatever, like a couple back. But I mentioned at one point that victimhood is a stage. It's a stage in the process of growth and and evolution. And I think it's a stage that people get stuck at. But when you won't start, you're a victim, in my opinion. You're being a victim of, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. I'm not good enough. All this bullshit. They have what I don't have, blah, 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 whatever. You know, I really believe that at a certain point, you got to buck up and champion your life. And part of being a champion is starting. So, you know, give yourself some credit. 
nobody really knows what they're doing. The difference between you and the person you dream of being is the person that you dream of being started and you didn't. That's the difference. So start and you'll start becoming whoever that is. And you don't even know what that is. And you don't even have to know what that is, but you'll, you'll become it. And I think like we, I think we live in a culture that pacifies victims. We have this kind of like victim pacification thing we do because we go, well, we're all kind of victims and we're all kind of life's hard and, and, and everybody gets all fucking wrapped up in this bullshit. And it's like, look, if you were going to die tomorrow, the end of this year, the end of this month, what, what would you do? Like, give yourself a fucking shake and wake the fuck up. Like, like I know that I, I know that I'm kind of like aggressive here, <laughs> but I'm kind of like, I, I just, I really, sometimes I just, I just see people and they have such brilliance in them. And I'm like, stop hiding that away. Mm-hmm. Just do the thing. And I don't have the answer for you. Like people come to me for advice. How do I begin this? How do I, how do I do this? Just fucking do it. Like nobody knows, you know, like I, I, I honestly, I can't tell you the answer, but you will figure it out as you get there. And like, I think as a coach, like one of the things that you're half the time you're trying to do is just, just give people the the, the, a little bit of an encouragement and a little bit of support and a little bit of a, a crack of light so that they're willing to like walk through something and they'll thank you because they'll be like oh thanks so much for doing this and helping me do this and it's like I didn't really do that for you like you did that but what I did was I, I, get, I helped you have some permission that's really it like you had it in you already mm-hmm. and I think a really good coach doesn't try to take credit for what their like student does or what yeah. their protege does or whatever you want to call it right like it's and and i and I, I don't know like maybe i'm a little bit in coach mode but like it's also like parent mode i like i think about like if i was to die and then maybe i you know if i had a kid or I, my, my niece or nephew were to hear this i'd be like if I could leave anything, like when I get passionate, like this is what I'm leaving behind. I mean, this is my legacy. This is, this is it. It's like, just go for it. Cause like, like, you don't know, like life's going to pass you by. Like just, you'll never regret this, whatever this thing is. And, and give yourself some credit because if you thought it, you're already on it, you know? And don't worry about it because like nobody starts at the same place on this race, you know? Yeah. So if you're trying to catch up to someone else, like you, don't run against them. Mm-hmm. Run against yourself. You know, like I look at myself and I go, you know, compared to say Martin Scorsese, right? I'm like fucking nowhere. I'm a blip. I'm like, yeah. you know, people could look at me and go like, oh, Brandon talks about filmmaking, hasn't really done anything. But you know what? In my world, I was a 16 year old kid that didn't have a camera and borrowed it from his friend's mom to the yeah. guy that got hired to, you know, to, to, to direct a film and got paid to do that. Like, so to me, I'm winning. To other people's perspective of what they think of me and how they think my career is gone, they might think, oh, he hasn't done Jack. But you know what? In my world, in my own race, I've come a long way. So, you know, that's all I can say. Your business is your business. And even someone like Martin Scorsese's at some point in time, time is is one of those things. Scorsese's going to be a blip. Yeah. 
one day down the down the line there's going to be future students of film whatever this the state of film looks like and someone's going to say hey have you ever have you ever watched any scorsese pictures yeah. he was this guy from like the 90s and the 2000s like he did some interesting stuff <laughs> you know and people are like oh i never heard of him yeah that's going to guarantee you that's going to happen yeah that is going to happen totally it's a guarantee so these you know, our, our, our lives may be shorter or longer. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. And that's really things. So the time, to, I guess, really what we're saying, let's wrap this bad boy up, you know? Let's do it. Um, let's go for it. You know, the, <laughs> like the, this is nothing new. The time to begin is now. And if you're listening to this, you've already begun. Yeah. Because there's something that's in you that wants to come to life, that wants to be given expression to. And you've already started. Mm-hmm. I think, I, you know, I really love that you you brought that up. It's like, yeah, it's like the that's the funny thing. It's like, when do I start? It's like you already have. You already have because you're thinking about it and you're here. You're listening to this. This is this is part of it starting. The only question now is when you really give it your attention and you actually put the pen to paper. You put it right. Um, it's when it, do you give it your attention? Yeah. When do you give it your attention? When do you take it seriously? Yeah. Or if not seriously, sincerely. Yes. Right. When do you actually really take this sincerely and say, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let this thing develop and become whatever the hell it's going to become. No matter what anyone ever thinks of it. Yeah. Right. And no matter whatever becomes of it, this is just what I'm going to do. Why? Because again, you are a human being and human beings create things. Yeah. That is our nature. That is the nature of you. As far as I can tell, that is our deepest, most truest nature is to create things. Mm-hmm. Well, you summed up so much of what this conversation is, is and what I would just second. So I'm going to say this. I get pretty fiery sometimes. I get pretty lit up and I get passionate. And I, you know, for those of you out there, um, I, I, I come at it hot because I really just truly believe in like that authentic thing that's inside of you. And I, I said that you don't care enough, but actually I want to say this. I do believe you care enough. And part of me saying you don't care enough is to get a fucking fire under your ass to make you wake up to the fact that you do. Mm -hmm. But I do believe you care enough. And whatever's holding you back, you know, and, and I'm speaking as much to myself as I'm speaking to you guys, is that if you don't think you're good enough, if you don't think you know enough, just like let it go. Okay, just like put that down. Like stop, stop that for a little bit and just do the thing. And you know what? It might not work out perfectly, but you'll be doing the thing. And that is what's important right now. And I know mm-hmm. you want that. And I know if you're still listening to this and you didn't like turn this thing off when I was like <laughs> lit up at you, then you want it. You you like you clearly are here hanging in. And if you're if you're kind of like like I'm on your side. And the thing is is that I I I don't know you necessarily but i'm here in your corner fighting for you and so is evan and there's so many people that are actually fighting for you You don't realize it so 
all I'm going to just say is, you know, take what Evan took, said, you're starting right now and just go, just go. Let's see what happens, you know, and then you'll get to the next thing and you'll get to the next thing and we'll work all that out. But I do believe you want it bad enough. I think that what's occurring is you're not giving yourself permission and you don't have to have some fiery desire about it either. But, you know, I just find for me, sometimes it helps for me to get a little bit lit up, to get mm -hmm. myself fired up enough to fucking walk into the flames. Because um, for me, I experienced a lot of adversity when I started. Like, I had a lot of doubters and a lot of, like, family and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, so I had a lot of that. So I had to kind of be fiery and defiant. So I think, like, it's not always the most gentle approach, but... I do it out of love <laughs> and I'm just going to say that if that's what you need, go for it. And if you have another way of getting lit up, then, then do that. You yeah. Know, it is what it is. That's all I can say. But let's talk about this beer and, um, wrap this baby. Yeah. This was, this was your, your call. I've, I've enjoyed drinking this, this one tonight. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. It's called the juice bomb, the new juice England, bomb. new England IPA. Nice. Who's, who did this one? So this is from bad tattoo brewing company bad tattoo i know that one where where the hell they're in they? penticton. penticton oh yeah DC, yeah 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 which, by the way is where i was born yeah yeah no i've i've uh i've actually been to their uh i've actually been to their restaurant brewery yeah stuff yeah yeah so you know it's a tasty yeah it's tasty. Been good double dry hopped double dry hopped yeah. oh my god yeah it's a little strong but it doesn't taste actually as strong as it is. No, it's 6.2. But you don't notice just it. Sip and drink, and yeah, you don't notice it until it sneaks up on you. Yeah, until you start yelling at people on a podcast. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Um, okay, guys, thanks for tuning in, and uh, begin. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way. Please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.